Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. Enjoy today's episode and be sure to follow us for weekly content. All right, welcome back to Getting Past the Premium, everybody. I am here with a friend of mine, Sydney Rowe. How are we doing, Sid? I'm doing awesome, Elliot. Great to be here. I have been looking forward to this one. Took us a little while to get it scheduled because I screwed up on the LinkedIn messaging back and forth, <laughs> but we're here, right? We're here. So. That's right. Listen, if there wasn't a technology snafu, would we even have had the podcast? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, you have been uh, a staple in the industry for quite a while at a lot of different different spots. So why don't you give everybody kind of your background, how you got to Vertifor, um, and what you're doing today, and then we'll dive into some of the topics we got on the agenda. Yeah, happy to. Um, I am an insurance kid at heart. My dad owns an agency in Tampa, Florida, and my grandfather started it. So it's in my blood, literally born into the industry, never had a choice to get get out because yep, they say once too. you're in, you can't get out. <clears throat> so um, I would say I had a bit of a weird path. Uh, I left the family agency wanting to spread my wings and uh, sort of do something different and ended up in the association world for a while. And as a 20 year old, that was a slow burn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So eventually um, they actually started a company called trustedchoice.com yep. uh, for profit, which is a lead generator for agents. So I sharpened my marketing skills there. And then took them to practice, I guess, in real real life in an insure tech startup. So this was like boots on the ground. I was team member number one, driving around the country picking up checks yeah. uh, for our seed round, and you know, marketing this this analytics and uh, CRM platform for the insurance industry. So was there for about three years, and then the team made the decision that you know we need to focus resources on product and not marketing. Like we had generated the pipe and people were using it and they're like, all right, we need to take this, you know, it, it's not everything you, you, you uh, piped it up to be right. So we need to put <laughs> more money into the product, which yeah. is always the startup struggle. Um, and so I had kind of this crazy opportunity at the same time where Vertifor had approached me and asked to help tell their story. And as I dug into what was going on underneath, about four months, I was pretty impressed. Uh, I was pretty impressed with the vision and what they were working on. And, um, you know, it's time takes time and, and big companies are like barges in terms of change. Um, <laughs> so I was, a, I've been a bit of a bull in the China shop the last year and a half as I've been here, but really excited for the future and what the team's going to bring. So that's, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, well, maybe hit on that real quick. Like what is the vision for Vertifor, like what's on the horizon the next three years, you know? Yeah. I think you guys are, you're in a lot of these conversations that we're going to have around where's the industry going from a tech perspective and, you know, what's that look like for Vertifor? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk quickly about Vertifor, but I don't want this to be yeah. a Vertifor. <laughs> Vertifor pitch, we'll, we'll get into like the value and some other things here shortly, but Real quick, 30,000 foot view. So in 2022, there was a nationwide survey conducted by a company called Catalyst, which yep. is like an insure tech library that was started by insurance uh, association. Great, great little company. 
does a lot of good for the uh, industry and the agencies trying to find the right technology solutions for that. So they conducted this survey, you know, that is uh, surveyed thousands of agencies. One of the questions was, and it was segmented by uh, size of agency. I don't have that level of detail, but on average, agencies had six pieces of technology, insurance system, insurance specific solutions. So that doesn't even count if you're going out and buying, you know, uh, some some other technology that wouldn't be within the insurance specific yeah. ecosystem. Accounting software, right? yeah. Yeah. So then they did the same study in 2023 and the average went up, went from six to eight. So here's the thing, right? We're in this world where agencies know they need to modernize, they need to digitize. We were talking about your amazing platform. You know, there's so many agencies out there who are kind of taking matters into their own hands and saying like, all right, I want to develop, I want to build what I wish would have been built for me. Yep. Uh, which is amazing, but now we have this new set of challenges, right? Where, well, if you've got six to eight pieces of technology in your agency and every single one of your users is using a different piece of technology and they're all disconnected and they're not talking to each other, how is your team connected to each other? How is your team really connected to the clients? How much manual entry are they doing? How many times do they have to log into things? Right. It's just this kind of uh, duct tape together world <laughs> of tech stacks. Yes, and is. so the vision, the vision that Vertifor has, right? Like this is this is the big problem. Right. You want to still keep that world where agencies have the choice to purchase the technologies that they want. There's no, there's no world in which you're ever gonna build one all-in-one solution. Right. I think that's what a lot of people think is the answer is like, all right, we got eight pieces of technology. How do we make that eight one? And we've taken a different approach to this, this challenge. We said, well, keep the eight. I think, you know, keep, keep the eight uh, pieces of technology, you know, downsize if you need to buy more. If it's Vertifor tech, great. If it's not Vertifor tech, great. Right. Yep. But all of those technologies should look, feel, act like one, right? At, I not, totally not, not as if they are one solution, right? But but look and feel and act like one. And so that that project, that initiative, that vision is what we call agency one. And it's just this belief that there is a world where agencies don't have to operate in disconnection together tech stacks um you know it is possible to have those unique eight solutions but but still have them sort of look and uh or act and and feel like one well i'm glad you went through that like i didn't know that because most of the times you hear or it seems like you know the large tech providers let's say doesn't matter who it is inside the industry or out you know they want to control as much of that tech stack as possible, right? Sometimes not playing all that mm. well with other pieces of tech. So it's kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, you guys are recognizing that firms are, you know, going to pick the tech that works for them and that we should just try to work to make that all, all work together. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have over, today we have over 5,000 different APIs that are running. And I had this crazy idea to 
hook up all of our APIs to Twitter and every single time a piece of data was passed, it would like tweet, you know, <laughs> like Vertifor just passed another piece of data, Vertifor just passed another piece of data. Um, and then our technology team was like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Our dev team said, we're not going to do that. Cause that's just, you're going to, you're going to crash Twitter. Um, that's but you know, the, the analogy there is yeah, well, but we send a lot of data out to other systems. Right. So, yeah. um, right now we've got about 50 technology partners in our orange partner program. Those are, you know, companies that have kind of gone through the the qualification process that we have where we say like, okay, you know, do you, are you a stable company? Um, you know, does the product meet some uh, baseline technical uh, requirements, right? Just kind of making sure that they're a good, good solution before we recommend them to people. Yep. Uh, but outside those 50, we've got, you know, another dozen or so that are sort of connected in the back end too. So uh, Vertifor is big on open architecture, you know, big on making sure that things work well together. Um, but I think agency one will take that to the next level. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, the, uh, one of the things that I was really curious to get your perspective on, we were kind of talking before we, we hit record was, AI is the big buzz term in the industry right now. And it means a ton of different things, right? Some of the things that I think people are calling AI is not really AI, but you, I would imagine at Vertifor, you guys are having that a lot of... The, what's that? You just made every market cry out there. You're right. <laughs> AI is definitely overused. <laughs> <laughs> right? Seems like it's everywhere and, and you know, not that it should be, but... Uh, but yeah, I'd imagine you guys are having a lot of internal yeah. conversations um, around, you know, number one, like, how is this going to shape the industry? You know, there's obviously advantages we can we can use it for. There's potential issues that we got to be aware of. And then how can, you know, Vertifor, just any agency or what are you guys looking at to support agents uh, in how you can either utilize AI, build it in, you know, where, where do you think this is going and, and what the impact will be? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into, man, this is such a hot, you know, it's a buzzword <laughs> before we get into artificial intelligence per se. Um, I would love to talk data because that's, you know, it's, it's, we could talk about AI and all the tools that are out there and I'll, I'll blow your mind with some things that I've, I've seen recently. One that I'm actually going to see in person here in about nine days, but you know, the thing most people miss when it comes to AI is it all starts with really good data. Because yeah. artificial intelligence is basically, you know, predictions and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, or maybe not hopefully, sort of this self-sustaining intelligence, right? That that sort of like becomes smarter as it learns on its own. Well, if, if the data is not great or it's faulty, you're going to have some interesting intelligence come out the other side. So... <laughs> to those of you listening, uh, to the salespeople listening, I'll tell you this, man, uh, you guys don't even know the power that you have with your two hands when it comes to uh, you know, using the, the tools and solutions that your agency has put in front of you. I know that there's times where it's easier to you know, not, not make sure that account has a phone number or you know, not set something up properly in the AMS or whatever it might be. But 
you know, every time you decide not to do that, you're chipping away at the intelligence that you could have on the other end. And we'll, we'll talk about what that means for you in a sec, but just know that you have a ton of power. Yeah. And to the agency owners, I hope that you guys have started to think about being really good stewards of your data. Your team is going to follow in, in lockstep what you expect of them. Right. And if, if your expectation and the, and the, you know, model that you're setting out is, ah, you know, we really don't care about data too much. And if it's there, it's there. And if it's not, it's not. And whatever works, right? You're not setting your team up for success. You're not setting yourself up for success. So, right. you know, those are sort of two things I say to those listening to, to think about. Um, yeah. so, and I'd love to talk about, you know, in detail what that means, but yeah. you tell me. Dive into that just real quick. I mean, I think, people have been hearing that forever, right? Of my AMS, we need to clean up the data. But I think now to your point, it's becoming, it's getting real now as to why you need and want good, clean data. But just dive into that a little more specifically. Mm -hmm. Like what, what do you mean by, you know, having good data? Like just provide some examples, dive into that a little further. Yeah, absolutely. So part of it is thinking about, all right, so you have a set of data in your systems today, right? And there's this probably goes back if you if your agency has been around for a couple decades, you know, you you may have 10, 20 years of data in your system. Um and so I think, you know, first kind of setting uh sort of a, a line in the sand, right, as far as how far back what you have in your system really matters. Uh, I, you know, I would think not going back more than what, five five years seems like quite a bit because we're looking at, you know, A, we're thinking about uh, analytics. So if I'm looking at these dashboards, does more than five years ago really matter? And then B, you know, from a predictive standpoint, five years is a lot of data. Like we're talking a couple, maybe terabytes of data at that point. So that that should be you know a good good size a good amount right so that that's sort of line in the sand you don't some people think oh if I've got twenty years of data I have to go back and clean up twenty years of data you really don't right so set that line in the sand yeah um, then you want to think all right how do I how do I go back and retroactively clean up this data now five years ago you probably had to do this very manually right you had to hire this kid at a college who you could pay like 10 bucks an hour or 15 bucks an hour to sit in front of a computer and check, you know, check the carrier portal or check this and then make sure everything's entered correctly. In today's world, it's a little bit easier, right? So there are data enrichment companies that exist that you can, you know, pay a small fee. They'll come in and they'll clean up business information. So they'll make sure does the contact information look, you know, accurate? Does the does the address look a- accurate? Does the name is the name accurate? So sort of that business information side. Then you've got um, companies that do insurance specific data. So Fenris is a good company to look at, right? And they can come in and say, all right, you know, do it once once over. We'll clean up the data, and they'll look at claims histories and, you know, insurance specific data inside of your system. 
And and then there's other companies that um, they essentially normalize your data, right? So that's going to be, let's say that you have, you know, an open field for general life for, for policy type. Right. So that's your field policy type and you, you have to put information in there. And so some people put GNRL liability. Some people put G, you know, they spell out general <laughs> liability. You want to make sure all that matches up. Right. Because if it's if it's different, then it's like you're speaking different languages. So, make you know, they'll come in and they'll make sure. OK, general liability, it's always spelled the same way. Carrier hierarchy cleanups is a really big one. Right. If you try and pull a report to from your system and you can't get uh, an accurate picture of how many Hartford policies you have, that's probably because you've got Hartford spelled 17 different ways in your yeah. system. <laughs> um, so that's a good one. Right. To clean up. So now I know, OK, I don't have 17 Hartfords I'm selling with. I have one Hartford and here's all the premium I've placed with them. Or all the subsidiaries of different carriers. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, draw the line in the sand as far as how far back you really want to go. Um, if you're a young company, lucky you, you don't have to do that. And then think retroactively, like I go back and clean up five years of data. How can I make this easy on myself and, and you know, make it affordable? And then the last step is going forward. So like going forward, you know, we've had maybe some not so great data management practices um, you know, maybe we, we don't look at data very often. So we, you know, no one really knows like, well, do the salespeople put stuff in the system? We don't know. We don't look at it. You know, do, we making sure that we're following, a some, you know, standardized, uh, naming conventions. Well, we don't know because we don't pull, pull that data. Yeah. Right. So, and then going forward, setting those data management practices, looking at the data, and there's also companies now that can tell you how, uh, from a data quality perspective, like they can score your team members, right? So they could tell you like, well, you know, Sid's really great when it comes to using the system and, and following those practices that you have, um, you know, or maybe Elliot's really great. Sid's not so great, <laughs> right? Like Sid, Sid needs some help. Um, and so there's, you know, there's that sort of ways you can put checks and balances on, um, on people going forward. So does that help? I mean, it's just yeah. a lot, I know, but start small, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, it totally does. I think the big thing for people is, yeah, start small, you know, make sure you've got the basics, right. Contact information and things like that. But then just over time work to, I think the big thing I took out of that is like consistency, right. Make sure you're doing things consistently over time in your different systems and then try to utilize your system Mm. as it was designed, right? Like you mentioned the policy type thing, you know, sometimes over over time, somebody might have entered some random thing in the policy type that, you know, doesn't doesn't quite mesh with how you want to do it. Like just get those little things cleaned up, use your system uh, and the fields in your system, the way that they're designed and trust me, your data management will almost take care of itself because most particularly, you know, whether you're using mm-hmm. AMS360 or Epic right now, which are the two two biggest ones in the industry, but all Hawksoft, you know, all of those are going to be be similar. And like the data management's gotten pretty good, right? Where 
if you have it in the right fields, you can, you know, typically get to it or extract it in some nature. And so just try to use things for how they were, were designed, but then also think about it from a process management perspective, right? How do I consistently gather the right information on a new client that I need moving forward? Uh, and that's going to lead to, I think, then the next part of this conversation, which is, you know, AI or just further ability to use that data in interesting ways, right? Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts from that perspective? You know, when when I get my data all cleaned up and now we're starting to talk about like, what can I do with it? Whether that's, you know, AI or not, what, what are your thoughts from there around like, what am I going to be able to do with some of that stuff? Yeah. So before we get into the AI powered tools that are out there, which man, let's talk about that. Cause there's some cool stuff. The, we also don't want to like jump into analytics Olympics, you know, like there's a, there's a middle ground here. Yeah. Um, before, before you go pro and get paid for sponsors, sponsorships, all that stuff, you know, that middle ground is let's just have some real time dashboards, some views of our business, our team, our clients, that are not static reports that you know are basically irrelevant as soon as we put them down on someone's desk right like that's yeah. that's not the way to see what's going on in your business um and so you know p- there's so many different tools out there you know we've got some in vernifora but pick what's right for you um and there's there's two categories i would think about as you look at those analytics, you know, one is, okay, I need to get down to an accurate picture of what's going on in my business. So um, from like a business strategy perspective, right? So uh, how much premium am I writing? Who am I writing it with? At what clip? Um, And this isn't broken down by salesperson. This is just, this is the high level view. Right. This is the this is the almost sixty thousand foot view. Yeah. What's my what's my retention? Uh, by you know, and and so now we've got some KPIs we're looking at, right? And what happens is you start to ask more questions, right? You start to say, okay, wait. So my I sold more premium, uh, you know, maybe this quarter, but my retention was down. Okay, well, let's look at retention by client, by policy, by carrier, by team member. And now we start to get down more into the performance analytics and we start to answer the question on why is the strategy not working? Right? We had this vision to increase retention by X percent, right? We wanted to, we wanted to, to beef that number up to yeah. make our clients really happy. For some reason, it didn't happen this quarter. Why is that? And it's almost like you're turning this data diamond and you're looking at it from these different perspectives, kind of digging in deeper. Saying, oh, you know what? There, it looks like uh, all the numbers are kind of flat except for retention by team member. That's where we're, we're seeing some variation. Okay, well, let's look at the team members and which accounts you know we lost and start to figure out, you know, were they overworked? So now we're getting into service performance, right? Uh, what was going on in their world this quarter? Did they have too many renewals they were working? How long were they, you know, taking on renewals? 
right? So that's before we get into AI, which we'll get there, but start (laughs) like thinking about like there's so much there just in terms of the analytics and viewing that data. And it's just kind of a muscle you have to flex, you know, setting up those high level metrics and then allowing yourself to naturally ask those questions and set up more and more dashboards that give you more of a picture around what's going on. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With MBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We've certainly run into it. You know, where um, you you create the metrics and then you're not consistent in either looking at them or asking that question, like, what is there? What is it telling me? Mm-hmm. That Then it kind of falls off and then you end up in six months recreating the wheel, you know, or whatnot. So I think that's the big thing is start somewhere and and start asking yourself, like, is this telling me the information that is valuable for me to make decisions mm-hmm. and then adjust, you know, and tweak and, and see what, you know, this data can tell you and how is that showing me, you know, what I'm trying to get at. Mm. Um, I also think I would actually go a step back and say, don't necessarily start with the data, start by asking yourself, like, what's important for me to know to successfully serve my clients, i.e. retain them, give them a good experience, et cetera. Yes. So, you know, that might be, uh, obviously retention is a result of certain aspects, but maybe it's we're, you know, preparing presentations by a certain date or we're, you know, I don't know, those, those things that then once you decide what is going to drive that experience, then you start to say, okay, what data points are going to tell me if we're doing that proactively and if we're staying on track with that? And if you can do those things, which isn't easy to do, but if you can figure those things out, you know, your retention and those, those, you know, lagging indicator KPIs, they're going to follow because you're doing the right activity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, that's well said. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, even at Vertifor in the, in the marketing department, right, we had a set of dashboards when I first came in that essentially just didn't give us, didn't really answer the questions that we needed to answer. Like, you know, I wanted to know, all right, if we have to generate X amount more leads for Vertifor every month or every quarter or whatever that looks like, what's working and what's not working? Like we have, you know, paid media that we're doing. We have organic um, SEO, we have um, demand generation campaigns like webinars. We have events. We have call-out days from our sales team. We have all different kinds of things. And we were only looking at you know, uh, a few of those uh, acquisition sources, essentially, right? Because the person before me just thought, oh, well, these are the things that matter to me, right? Yeah. And so then when I came in, I was like, okay, this is, a, this is good. And then let's make, it, let's make it better, right? And so 
I say that to say like no company has it perfect. <laughs> so like even Vertifort, right? Even a big, you know, big behemoth, you'd think that we we have it all figured out. And in many ways, you know, we're all still trying to answer some of these questions. So yeah, just great point, man. I think you gotta start somewhere, right? So totally. It doesn't have to be complex to start. I mean, it is a big area that I think overwhelms people pretty quickly, but it doesn't have to. And I think give yourself the grace to start small and like you said, start cleaning it up somewhere and then start to ask these questions that are going to get you the answers that you need to make better decisions. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Now I'm super excited to get to AI, Sid. (laughs) All right. Are we there yet? We've been teasing it the whole time. Yeah, I know. I've been like, I want to hear about this trip in nine days. I want to like hear about some of the cool stuff. (laughs) All right. Um, Should we start with the trip in nine days? Once I sit, once that cat's out of the bag, there's no like, that's it. Like we've, we've done the world championship. There's a, you know. Let's, let's work up to it. We'll work up to the trip. Leave everybody with a little cliffhanger till the end here. All right. All right. Um, All right. If we work our way up. (laughs) So, you know, since we're coming off the analytics conversation, there are some really cool use cases for AI powered analytics. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that a, you know, a service person isn't pulling a report 30, 60, 90, 120 days before uh, you know, X dates are are coming up and saying, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to take out to market. Or I guess, you know, I'll just cherry pick off of this Excel spreadsheet which accounts I want to really work on. Yeah. I mean that this service person sits down at their desk and, you know, looking at their CRM knows exactly which accounts they need to spend the most time on when it comes to renewal, right? That's the power of super, like really supercharging your analytics and introducing that predictive intelligence um, for, for a salesperson, right? Hey, um, I remember when I was working with my dad, well, my dad was kind of a jerk when he uh, <laughs> when I was a salesperson because he gave me. I was just teasing him about this. Um, some home for the holidays, and uh, I remember he gave. So he's in Florida. So there's this wind program, state-run wind program. Um, he pulled a list of accounts from the wind programs. I don't know if it was their website or how he got this list, and he just puts it down on my desk without telling me what it was. I thought it was a bunch of like fresh, hot leads that were going to be really easy to close. (laughs) And then over like 48 hours, I (laughs) quickly pissed off a lot of underwriters and, um, yeah. And, uh, and made a lot of promises to people that I did not keep. So learned the hard way that, uh, you know, don't trust dad when he slams down a Excel spreadsheet of (laughs) accounts that you should call. Um, but you know, other than that, I would go pull monoline accounts. You know, if I was if I was just not in the prospecting mood, or you know, it was kind of in a dip um, with my sales efforts, then I would go pull monoline accounts and cross sell those. So, you know, so instead of that, like imagine that you've got all the accounts that you you know manage. You know exactly when you you should be calling these people, 
and rounding them out. Or maybe you're working with your account manager to do that. Either way, it's it's essentially the system helping you work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Right. So the one that you were talking about that I, I don't understand, but think is super cool is I know there's a couple companies that are working on some sweet stuff around predicting. I mean, I'm going to say predicting a client's mood, but that's not essentially it. But you know, you can d- determine when you have an unhappy customer and you should be reaching out or doing more proactive touches through this renewal. And there, I mean, the accuracy, number one, but then just the ways in which it's able to do that. I mean, there's sentiment analysis from phone calls that's being done. There's, you know, it takes into account like claim situations, I believe. And some of that stuff, again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on it, but it is really cool what you're able to put in front of your team to your point to get much more strategic with like, we all, we all only have a certain number of time each day. Mm-hmm. And if we can, can better allocate that to the clients that might need more of that attention, we can be way more effective with those hours in the day. Yep. 100%. 100%. stuff's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not hard to set up either. Right. I mean, there's an agency, we actually have a recorded webinar. So if anybody's listening to this and they want to see this in action, shoot me an email, sro at vertifor.com. I'll shoot you the, the webinar. It's the, what he's built is just so smart and it, it really, it, it's not rocket science, right? So um, so anyways, so that, that happy to do that. Talk about effectiveness of tools. Um, you know, there's other, there's a company called Gaia, uh, G-A-Y-A, it's either G-A-Y-A mm-hmm. or G-A-I-A. And essentially their tool allows you to um, copy. So if you're on, it's a web browser, right? Let's say you're on um, uh, Epic or AMS 360 or Hawksoft or now certs or, you know, partner XE, whatever. You're on the browser and you copy the, the you know, all the data from all the fields that are that you're looking at. Then you move over to your carrier portal. You can click paste and it'll paste all the data in, right? And so it's using AI in the background to like restructure the data, make sure it goes all in the right fields. And sure, you have to go through it, you know, make sure that everything's correct. I'm not saying don't, you know, trust it blindly, but it saves a lot of time, right? So instead of like re-entering all of that, you're just going back and kind of like correcting a few things. Um, yeah, it's G-A-Y-A, so that, by the way. Y as Yes. Yeah. yeah. So smart, smart little company. You know, just a little tool that, you know, it's kind of like, it's not, again, not rocket science, copying and pasting stuff, but it's just, it does it so smartly. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, let me, should we go into the, because I know we only have a few minutes left. Do you want to go into the? Yeah, let's, we, hit the, let's hit the let's hit the trip. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> There's there's two guys down in Miami. They started a company. This was actually like four years ago. They were trying to order Domino's pizza from their college campus and could not could not go uh, couldn't go get it. And Domino's wasn't delivering for some reason. So they're just stuck on campus. You know, two college kids without the ability to go get pizza, which is basically like hell on earth. Right? Yeah, two, no kidding, two, right? Two hungry college guys. Like, forget it. Uh, <laughs> So, so they decided to start this app 
where kind of like Uber for college campuses where like college kids could share cars together and they quit college because it was so uh, successful and then COVID hit. Um, And so they had to, uh, and they almost went bankrupt. Uh, It was kind of a rough, rough spot for them, but they're very innovative guys. And they realized that the, the uh, insurance uh, industry really liked the technology infrastructure they had built. So part of their app was like checking to make sure that, you know, the college student that was renting the car had a valid license and had insurance and then sort of managed, managed the, um, you know, managed that for the person who was renting out the car. So rental car companies, trucking companies all thought that that, you know, sort of insurance management infrastructure was really, really helpful and cool. Yeah. Now they've got like 4,500 rental car companies and trucking companies using their software. And um, they've gotten more into the independent agent space and uh, real smart guys. So they were like, oh, well, let's start another company. Why not? So now they've started this um, AI powered insurance agent robot. And they showed a demo of it at a conference I was recently at. Um, They had taken all of Steve Jobs' presentations online and basically, you know, turned him into an AI, um, you know, insurance agent. And you could, on the video, Steve Jobs, the fake Steve Jobs, was taking a call from a customer and having a conversation with the customer and recommending, uh, you know, uh, upselling essentially the customer, taking care of policy changes for the customer. It was crazy. Like having a real-time conversation with someone. Whoa. Um, Yeah, it was bananas. So, you know, of course, everybody in the room is like gripping their chairs, like, holy smokes, what did we just get ourselves into? Um, And so these guys, you know, after the video played, came out and said a couple things, you know, first of all, uh, they're in the process right now of licensing this thing. So it's passed four state insurance exams, Florida, Texas, Massachusetts, and Ohio. Um, so in those states, it's licensed. And so again, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether the, the department of insurance upholds that, um, over the next couple years. Uh, so there's that piece of it. And then the other piece is, and this was what people were asking in the room is like, this thing could, you know, kind of like do our job in a way, right? Like this is kind of freaky. And they said, listen, you know, this is meant to kind of sit in the background, right? Empower people. Like it's still in its beta, it's still a pilot, it's still in, in its infancy, but see it as like, let's say you have, you know, your service team is taking 100, 100 calls a week and 50 of those are calls about paying a bill. Like, should they really be on the phone exactly. talking about paying a bill 50 times? No, right? I mean, is there a way that we can, you know, we can uh, digitize that so that they can get on to doing other things like working renewals or being advisors or whatever that looks like for them? So it's an interesting world. You know, I'd say... Um, 
whether you're worried about this or whether you're kind of like, yeah, it's going to die out and it won't be a thing. It's interesting. Um, and the company is called uh, Lula, L-U-L-A. The robot is called um, Gale, G-A-I-L. So I, I think it'll be a, a solution to replace virtual assistants at some point in the future. So, uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I think the whole thing, you know, that I take away from that is this is all coming. And, you know, I think the whether or not they achieve a licensed agent bot that can replace a human or not, I don't know. Um, but this type of tech is coming and we you know, if you're going to put your head in the sand and just hope it never happens, it's going to overtake you. And so I think exactly as you mentioned there at the end, I think we need to look at it and certainly how we're looking at it internally is how do we embrace the right technology that allows our team, the humans, to do what the humans do best? You know, Ryan Hanley calls it a human optimized agency mm. because it's going to be a long ways off before these the robots, bots, whatever you want to call them, AI truly takes over a lot of the things that a human can do, like build relationships, ask the right questions at the right time to drive the right emotions and things like that, that, you know, are going to take time. Now, are they going to be able to process an insurance transaction very quickly and efficiently? Absolutely. Um, mm. And so if that's again, where you're allocating your value prop and your, your time and, and, you know, how you're differentiating, like that's going to be a, a tough uphill battle. But if you're truly looking for how can I embrace this technology to allow my people and me to bring more value to my client, uh, I think it can only make us better, right? Because there's that simple application, like you said, billing questions, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, there are so many things like that in our companies and our agencies that you know, our team does that you just look at and go, this is zero value back to the client and could or should be done better probably by some sort of technology. And, you know, it's probably out there. It's just a matter of figuring out where it's at, how could we use it and and what problem will it solve for us? And so yeah. Yeah. I, it's a bright future. I, I'm not, uh, I'm more, much more of the opinion, if anybody's listening, they have, has listened to prior shows, they know like, it's only going to elevate the industry, all of this technology, uh, but we have to be the ones to to in innovate it with it and elevate ourselves with it. And if if so, we're just going to get that much better. And yeah. I'm excited for what's going to do for us. I mean, the way that I always think about, you know, when people say, "Ah, oh, it's that's that's terrifying," right? I mean, ah, oh, it could replace it. Like, yeah, if technology was going to replace the agent, I think it would have happened already. <laughs> Like, yeah, been doing well, this for long enough. Um, I mean, I remember six, seven, eight, ten years ago, or whatever it was, insure tech, death of the independent yeah. agent, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And yeah, I there will be the death of some agents for sure because if you again, if you're not going to embrace this in the right areas and and realize that you might need to adapt how you're doing things or the value prop you're going to bring to clients, like yes, you're you might lose some of your business or whatnot. But again, for the majority of those that are are doing the right things, that are are building the right relationships, bringing the right value to clients, these are only going to be things that can support you. 100%. Mm, breach. Let's go. I could go on forever. But 
we do need to wrap up. I appreciate it. Um, that's cool though. I'm glad we we did get to that because that's pretty sweet. So yeah, it was cool. A couple things in there for people to check out that Sid referenced. You know, make sure check those things out because they are pretty sweet. Sid, I know you already mentioned your email, but walk through if anybody wants to get in, in touch with you on anything. How can they do that? Learn more about Vertifor. Anything you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn's probably the best way. So just search my name, uh, should come up. There's not too many Sydney's, uh, <laughs> Sydney Rose, I guess. Yeah. And then, uh, my email s at vertifor.com. Feel free to, you know, email me anything, any questions, or if you just want to chat about data analytics or AI, I'm always game. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks for the time. It's always fun. Look forward to getting together at, uh, one of these conferences or something coming up and, uh, see you soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high-quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.